0: So uh, uh, I think uh, we realized that being use case specific in these channels is the only way to go about it. <laughs> uh, even even on our app, even in the product, uh, it makes sense for us to create things that are more use case specific. Uh, yeah. That is the only
1: way. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the B2B SaaS podcast. I'm your host, Upendra Verma. Today, we have Samir with us. Samir here is a co-founder and CEO of a company called Utilize. Hey, Samir. Welcome to the show. Hi, Upendra. Uh, glad to be here. All right, Samir. So let's let's try to understand what your company does and why customers pay you money. All right. Uh, so uh, so you Utilize utilizes a
0: tool for building customized apps for deskless teams, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you can build these apps without any coding, and you can uh, come up with your own customized app in just minutes. Uh, and we are focused on uh, deskless teams. So what that means is, if you have like a team on the ground uh, doing. Uh, Some sort of blue-collar jobs, right? Like manufacturing, warehousing, field teams, or uh, let's say they're delivering something. So all these teams would need uh, apps uh, to update data on a daily basis. Uh, More like productivity apps, uh, simple team collaboration apps. Uh, And uh, our tool provides a way to build these uh, apps uh, in a drag-and-drop way uh, right from your existing uh, data sources like spreadsheets. Uh, and we make money uh, on a subscription basis. Uh, so mm-hmm. our customers pay monthly. Uh, uh, we have a free tier and, uh, and
1: a paid tier. Got it. Right. So, uh, so what sort of apps are these? Are these web apps? Are these mobile apps? What sort of apps are we talking about? So these are uh, uh, web-based apps. Uh, these are web apps. Uh, so that means there's a way to
0: build this app and share it by a link mm-hmm. on a tool. Uh, so we're not uh, into native apps, any sort of Android iOS apps because most of these use cases are internal, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really make sense to have it uh, downloaded from uh, an app store uh, so rather uh, they can just build this web app and share it by a link
1: got it. so let's let's let me help me understand right who who are your you know primary uh, target customers who are who are using this product?
0: So our uh, customer base is uh, kind of uh, uh, mapped to what a product does. So we are targeting companies that have deskless
1: teams. Uh, and like I said, I gave you some examples, right? Like manufacturing. So can you talk about the thing. industries they belong to? If you have any existing customers, maybe just you can pick one and explain, you know, what sort of apps they build sure. with your product.
0: Sure. Uh, so uh, again, it's a, since it's a horizontal tool, since it's a no-code mm-hmm. tool, yeah. Uh, we have multiple use cases in it. Uh, Probably I'll pick one or two and tell you how it works. So let's say you have a factory, right? Uh, You run uh, a manufacturing business. Need not be e-commerce. Let's say you're just a simple manufacturer and you have a factory. Uh, And uh, at some point in your business, you would want to collect data from your factory teams, from your warehouse teams, from your inventory teams. Uh, Any sort of data, right? Order data, inventory data, or or just, just your employee information. When are they checking in, checking out? In any sort of data, you would want to collect it from the ground, and for this, you need apps, right? Uh, so our tool provides a way to build that app uh, without any coding. Uh, so they can basically link their spreadsheets, which is limited to the desk force, the the people who are working on disks uh, and they can link those spreadsheets and create simple web-based apps, uh, which are mobile friendly uh, for these uh, uh, for these teams. Uh, So what I gave you is like a manufacturing use case. Similarly, the use case could be anything. It could be a field team on the ground. It could be a delivery team. It could be a warehouse team. Um, And uh, to answer your previous question, uh, so we are targeting uh, businesses like these and we're targeting people who sit at desks in such businesses, businesses that have a deskless team. Uh, And we're targeting businesses that are small. We're not into enterprise sales at this moment. So we are, uh, ours is a low-ticket business. So most of our uh, Clients currently uh, have less than fifty employees uh, in their deskless teams. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, and, and uh,
1: sure, sure. Let's sorry. let's let's try to understand this a bit, right? So, Jeff. as of today, right? So, how many paying customers do you have on your platform? Uh, we have about 10 uh, ten ten paying customers. Yeah. Uh, and sure. And what's your approximate revenue that you did last month?
0: Well, we have we have twenty five businesses using it. Uh, out of them, around ten are paying. <laughs> uh and uh our uh, revenue uh at this moment is about five hundred dollars uh MRR. uh that's how we earn monthly uh and uh, yeah uh again like i said most of these are small
1: tickets so yeah uh, a ticket size is usually around fifty dollars right so uh I just wanna to understand right why is the ticket size so low aren't you pricing it along the axis of number of users using the product uh why is it just fifty dollars what what does it take to sort of Increase that number to let's say five hundred dollars. To be honest,
0: uh, even we don't know why it's so low. It started off uh, out of uh, uh, I mean, the basis is to uh, do something for small businesses. Mm-hmm. So it start it started uh, out of uh, out of uh, uh, a need to create value proposition for small businesses. So that's why we wanted to keep the ticket sizes low mm-hmm. at the beginning, at least. But then we wanted to also figure out how much value we're adding. And I think we are in that process of understanding our proposition. And for us to take it to $500, uh, one way for us to do it is to target mid-sized businesses. Because right now, our businesses are really small, right? They're just moving away from spreadsheets. That's how small they are. So we can also target uh, slightly bigger companies. That's something that we're trying right now. Mm-hmm. uh but uh but at the core we're still understanding our product so you're I still pricing your prices. product
1: along the lines of users and data right i see you have like a limit on number of rows and number of users right so there's a potential to that's expand right. that account if if they sort of start using your app more or more teams in a company start using the build app that is possible right
0: that's right that's right so right now it's on users and data since you have a better understanding of the use cases, we're trying to make the pricing even more simpler just on users.
1: Sure. Uh, but uh,
0: yeah, uh, our, our revenue scales with the number of users that, that are there in a the company.
1: Sure. So so uh, let's go back, right? I want to understand how you got these, you know, first, I think you have 10 customers, 10 paying customers. Since the number is so low, you right. must exactly know how you got them, right? How you ended up, you know, converting them to a customer. So I want to understand this 0 to 1 journey of yards, right? So talk about that first customer. When when was that and how did you, just help me understand that story of how you ended up converting them. So our first customer is actually uh, not uh, someone
0: who has a disk team because that's not how we started the product. We started the product for all sorts of internal apps. Uh, and uh, our first customer, again, it's a small business. Uh, we literally walked into their store, their factory, understood what, what they're doing and that's a uh, what sort of a factory them. is this? So this is uh, a factory that makes uh, apparel, uh, they work into apparel manufacturing. Uh, so they, they, they're more like a b2b kind of a business, uh, they manufacture at scale and they needed some sort of app to track their uh, production line, uh, and their inventory uh, but uh, we didn't convert them uh, as in uh, we converted and then uh, they immediately churned out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you if talking about the zero to one journey, I think we're still in that process.
1: Sure. Sure. You are still, only... but you've got 10 customers, right? So I want to understand, for example, just, just pick that first, first customer that you somehow managed to convert, right? So yeah. when you, when you ended up talking to them, right? So do they even understand that, uh, do they even realize the necessity for such a product of yours, right? It looks obviously a bit innovative, right? So if I'm, if I'm a B2B company, right, if I'm running an apparel store or something, I might want to sort yeah. of pick a company which has already built off-the-shelf solutions, which which I can directly use, versus me asking that's one of my employees to sort of build an app customized for me, right? That might that's not something that I might look for. So, so what, what what how did they react when you say, hey, we've got this for you, right? So, what just help me understand that story there? So, uh, our first
0: customer was someone who had an intent to build it on his own because he was already using some legacy tools, some uh-huh. other no-code logway, We're not the first no-code tool that is out there. Mm-hmm. So there are quite, quite a lot of uh, existing no-code tools. Uh, even like two years back, AppSheet is one of them. And that's what he was using. Mm-hmm. AppSheet is a Google's product uh, to build apps. Uh, so uh, yeah, there I think uh, for us, it was pretty straightforward for him to uh, understand it. But then later on, we came across a lot more customers because all our initial customers are from India. Mm-hmm. And most of these customers did not understand what's happening here, right? Sure. Yeah. Like you said, they just wanted uh, a simple software or they just didn't need software. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that we realized is uh, instead of uh, uh, making these customers aware of how it works, uh, how important customer software is, how no code can help them, all this, all these are new, new uh, insights, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and not everyone might have an intuition about them. So we started targeting uh, customers who already understood it. Mm-hmm. so that's when we realized we should be a little more global uh we realized we should go reach out to customers who are already using other no code tools uh and uh mm-hmm. uh and that's and currently we're in that process of uh trying to acquire customers who already uh use existing no-code. yeah we, we'll get to your uh, you know yeah.
1: future strategy in a while so i just want to understand about this 10 customers first right so, sure, so sure, yeah, sure. When, when you talk about these 10 customers right so what are the like, how did you end up sort of uh, meeting them in the first place? What what do, like what acquisition channels did you use strictly from that first, uh, so first point I, perspective? Yeah, to be
0: honest, our primary acquisition channels are uh, pretty straightforward. Like mm-hmm. mostly outbound, okay, sending them emails, reaching out to them on LinkedIn, uh, stuff
1: like that. Um, so so can can rituals. can we try to quantify that? I know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's obviously going to be stuff like that. But what exactly did work for you, right? Because I I'll, I'll tell you why I'm asking this question right I mean industries right. in India who really don't have too much of a digital presence right reaching them through cold email is not really going to work as of today right so so how did you manage to sort of reach them in the first place so just you you've got 10 I know you you really know where you got them from right so what was that biggest uh, growth channel that worked for you even for those 10 customers was it cold email was it linkedin messaging was it direct direct sales whatever what was that so
0: uh, the customers that stuck with us, uh, because we saw customers coming and going out since it, it was a product that has been evolving for the past two years. Uh, the customers who, was, uh, who are still using our product, uh, they mostly came through reference. Uh, okay. Like someone suggesting uh, the tool to them or, uh, or something on those lines. Uh, and uh, they're not people who we reached out and convinced that hey, this is a product that will work for you right uh, mm-hmm. so and when I say that uh, those channels are usually through email or through LinkedIn mm-hmm. which are uh, but that, that those channels. didn't
1: really work for you right so at least to get these well, it didn't mis-
0: really work so mm-hmm. far so mm-hmm. far yeah because, obviously, obviously uh, right we're talking now, about
1: the journey till, at, till this point yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah so so far it didn't work uh, but now we, we so, so when you say it...
1: when you say referring referrals right so I mean it's got to originate somewhere right so because the, the, the customer base is so low I mean you must know where, who so referred whom, right? It's
0: usually mm-hmm. someone who tried the product, who, okay. is, who was on the tool and uh, they suggested it to someone. Though these people did not come convert, they uh, told it to people who had a better value out of this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, did that answer your question? Yeah, it uh, did.
1: It did. But I'm what I'm trying to understand is, was there anything that you did consciously to sort of drive this, okay. you know, uh, referral sort of behavior?
0: No, no, nothing in okay. the product. Uh, mm-hmm. So there is no even in terms of marketing
1: about, or in terms of you know getting your existing customers to sort of you know hey go and spread the word. We're right. gonna like did you do something like that or was it just so organic?
0: There were, few, there were a few uh referral uh, strategies that we wanted to incorporate into the product, mm-hmm. but that didn't make sense because ours is an in- internal use case. Sure. Uh, let's say we have like an external use case for these apps then saying that it's powered by utilize if it's a free app yeah, if yeah. it's a free tier uh, that makes sense so we didn't really do anything uh, that is embedded into the product mm-hmm. but we usually ask like whenever we talk to a customer especially in the initial days or whenever there's a new experiment right okay. uh, even now we have an experiment new product experiment that's running but uh, what I was saying is like whenever we reach out to a customer we Ask them if if they have other customers in mind who can mm-hmm. use this. Sure. Friends of them, or so yeah. That's that's the only way. Again, like I got said, it.
1: uh it's it's usually word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. So so uh, let's let's move forward. Right. I want to understand where you're gonna go from now onwards. Obviously, right. So uh, my first question here is right. So you've got a product right that could solve n number of use cases right, and it's, right. it's you as you mentioned, it's a horizontal platform. You could target anybody or everybody in the world, and they they might you know get that benefit which is bad yeah exactly that's my question right so now what's how exactly are you gonna go forward right so what's your strategy here what's your thinking here i mean so just walk me through that thought process of yours
0: so uh one thing that we understood is uh if we have to build channels that will work uh, for a long term uh basically sustainable channels we need to have some focus uh uh on the use cases that we're targeting. In fact, that is how we uh, started uh, uh, making the product or we started developing a vision around deskless workforce. So that itself gives us some clarity around the use cases. And now within these use cases, uh, we're not targeting all the use cases. We're trying to limit ourselves to some three to four use cases. And for each use case, we're creating uh, apps or app Uh templates related to that use case, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and we're trying to be industry specific in each use case. To give you an example, yeah. if we are uh, right, we are looking at SEO uh, as a uh, mm-hmm. as a potential channel, right? And want to experiment there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and what we did is instead of writing uh, generic content, uh, we picked like one use case, let's say field servicing use case, mm-hmm. and we understood different industries, at least the top industries in that use case, and we're writing content around those industries, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About the need for customer software, about whatever we're doing. Right. So. Uh, uh I think uh, we realize that being use case specific in these channels is the only way to go about it. <laughs> uh even even on our app, even in the product, uh, it makes sense for us to create things that are more use cases. Uh yeah. that is the only way we can uh so yeah. Uh, yeah yeah,
1: good. So that makes sense. So you're essentially you're focusing on few use cases going forward so that you could sort of, you know, nail down a particular segment, right? That's your plan going forward.
0: Yeah, that's that that's our plan. Uh but uh, that's that's one way to look at things, right? Where mm-hmm. we break down uh, our our market into different use cases and go after each use yeah. case. But sometimes we can de- enter into the market, not through use cases, but through existing communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, today our product uh, is a tool to build apps on top of spreadsheets, more specifically Google Sheets. Sure. Right? Yeah. So Google Sheets users form, there's a certain community of users, right? Mm-hmm. Similarly, there are other tools like let's say Shopify. Mm-hmm. is an existing community and there are shopify users there's a community that we can uh, go market ourselves in so. Yeah. so we're making those tweaks or improvements in the product so that we'll be relevant to these communities mm-hmm. so no, no, uh, that was my
1: original question right so i mean you still you, you still given me three or four potential ways that you could take going forward right So now which one are you doubling down on? Because you can't do all of those things, right? So you can't be a horizontal platform for Shopify customers at the same time. You can't sell it to, you know, a field sales team, right? So you got to focus on something, right? So which way is it going to be?
0: So right now there are two experiments that we are doubling down on. One Mm -hmm. is uh, SEO uh, uh, that is a use case specific that is Mm industry-specific. So we're building uh, uh, a small team, a content team so that we can produce content uh, for these industries. Uh, And that's one big experiment that we're doing. The second experiment is uh, 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 working on a new data source. Uh, So there are, like I said, uh, uh, Google Sheets is a current data source. So adding a new data source, a new integration into our tool uh, can help us uh, uh, market uh, uh, the product in uh, some existing company. Uh, So the thing is, uh, uh, we haven't really decided what data source it is. Mm-hmm. Like we have a few ideas in mind, but right now we're not in a position to tell you exactly what data source it is. Uh, in fact, we have a good hunch on one data source, but I don't know if there's the right time for me to see Sure, it. sure. Also, so your plan uh, is
1: to sort of, you know, experiment with these things and then figure out, figure out what works best for you and double down that. Is that what you're sort of thinking?
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, to give you a gist, uh, mm-hmm. we're writing uh, uh, SEO content uh, and we're betting on that as a growth channel. And uh, we're also building, uh, like right now, it's building apps on spreadsheets. Similarly, mm-hmm. we're uh, picking a different data source uh, mm-hmm. to build apps, so that uh, uh, we can start targeting a product in that uh, community that uses that data source. I'm not giving you the. Sure, data sure, that's, that's name.
1: totally okay. I mean, you've got to run uh, your experiments before you say anything. Very in conscious way, Exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> which so, I can, but. Uh, Maybe if you're publishing it at a later point, I can Sure, Sure, it's okay. It's
1: okay. We can come back to that later. So my question is, in the first case, right, when you're trying to build use case specific, you know, uh, apps or whatever that is, isn't it like, you know, a new SaaS application that you're building for a particular use case using your own platform? Isn't it just that? Uh, Can you repeat it? So my Uh, question is, for example, uh, if you are picking a use case, for example, right, and you're trying to build, I'm not sure if you're building just templates, if you're trying to sort of tailor this product for them, you might right, right. you might just end up building a new software for them, for their use case, right? The, and you will end up selling that particular software, right? So in oh, yeah, that that's, case, that's Excellent question. In that case, yeah. you're not really selling your platform anymore. Essentially, you've built a new SaaS application or new software, essentially. And you're selling yeah. them to use case. Right? Essentially, you've got a bunch of softwares selling to different use cases and and your platform, the whole consumer of your platform is yourself, your technical team. Who's using your own platform to build those applications and then end up selling, right? Is is that how it's gonna turn out when you do this use so, case specific thing?
0: Uh,
1: so we we are still being very
0: use case specific. Let's say field service, right? So field mm-hmm. service is a use case, and there are a lot of field service software uh, that are already existing, which I think you're terming as SaaS software, right? Yeah. So now someone today, what people are doing is, if you have like a field service use case or a manufacturing use case, I'll go to that field yeah. service software or the manufacturing software, subscribe and start using it. Yes. But the limitation there is uh, customizing that software is not easy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Uh, in, in most software, it's almost impossible, right? And that's what our tool does where we're like, you don't really need like a fully blown out software, which is very tough to customize. What you need is like just a simple app yeah. where there is a very simple way for your team to be stay automated Got it. and
1: uh, yeah, and customize like you need. Absolutely, yeah. makes sense, yeah. Alright. Alright, Samir, so let's wrap this up, right? I wanna get your backstory, right? So when did you start the company? Uh so we started this uh, three years back, actually, 2019. Uh
0: but uh, uh in 2022 uh, is when uh, we actually came up with this deskless workforce. <laughs> uh if you asked us when when, when did we register when, our current company? When, when did you get when
1: did you get your first customer?
0: We got a customer, first customer in 2020.
1: 2020, got it. And how many folks do you have on your team and what's your founding team look like?
0: So we're two co-founders, uh, Jatin and myself. Jatin takes care of uh, the tech side of things uh, but uh, and I take care of all the product and market side of things. But uh, that's not exactly how things are. Sure. Uh, everyone does everything. Uh, but uh, besides us, we, d- we don't really have anyone full-time mm-hmm. we're keeping it lean. So we have like a bunch of interns and uh,
1: freelancers working with us and we're uh, around 7 people now. Got it. And have you raised any external funding so far to grow your company? So we didn't want to
0: uh, initial. Uh, in the initial days. We remained bootstrapped until this year. Uh, <laughs> and we basically didn't raise money as such. Like we joined an accelerator and we got a convertible uh, node from them. Uh, and this is like, this is uh, an Estonian based and Europe based uh, accelerator called StartupWise guys. Uh and we did this basically we we were done with our savings. Like we burnt yeah. all our savings and then we'll we need some more money to uh, get this experiment running. Yeah, uh, and that's when we joined this accelerator. Yeah.
1: All right, Samir. All right, Samir, thanks for taking the time taking time to talk to me. I hope you scale utilize to much, much greater heights. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure.